Well, it's week 17. The fantasy regular season is mostly behind us as we wrap up Sunday night football here. Um, for those of you playing in week 18, I, I'll be thinking about you next week because uh, this has been a wild end of the year. Um, some big goose eggs from players we were counting on, some huge performances, the ever never-ending COVID situations across the league, injuries. There's a lot going on. Uh, I think for most of us out there, we are very thankful that week 17 is here, and uh, hopefully you all won some championships along the way. Uh, I am Eric Smith editor-in-chief at qblist.com, and this is the Week 17 What We Saw podcast. I am joined by Mike Miklius. Happy to have Mike back today. Uh, we both got a win today as I watched the Cincinnati Bengals shockingly knock off the Kansas City Chiefs uh, to win the AFC North. Uh, I'm still coming down from that one. It was a very stressful end to the game, and Mike got to see uh, the Bears beat up on a Giants team that um, is kind of one of the laughing stocks of the weekend at this point, so we'll get to that later. So, Mike, glad to have you back. Uh, how was your Sunday? Yeah, so I think our two wins were polar opposites. You had like the most exciting game of the week, the offense, the shootout, playoff implications, you know, just about everything that could be on the line was on the line. And I watched the Bears beat a Giants team that looked like they didn't care. And the coach afterwards said that everybody wants to play for him in a very Trumpian kind of rant (laughs) and that everybody loves him and calls him for advice, even though, you know, that was apparently debunked. And I guess the good news is we got the win. We ruined the Giants pick that we gave them a little bit. That's nice, you know. Yeah, um, the Giants coach uh, Judge went on quite a rant, and it was it was great to just see the internet immediately like go full sleuth into it uh, to debunk the points he had. Uh, he was he was saying that players from last year were still calling him, wishing he said he was on the team. Players that are on new teams and making more money, and that was quickly shown. There were about two players that left the Giants that are making more money, and there was no reason for them to want to be back in New York. So, um, a fun day on NFL Twitter as always. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, sorry, Giants fans, that couldn't have been a fun day for you. But we'll get to that game later. Uh, as always, we'll have the What We Saw article up on QBList.com. Uh, please check that out for the full recap. We're going to keep this one a little quicker today since most of you all are probably here just for your victory laps um, or maybe to pass the time while you're sweating out these final uh, matchups in your fantasy championships. So um, we're going to skip a lot of the injuries this week. We will have a sit-start podcast this um, for week 18. So if any of y'all are still playing, we'll catch you up on the injuries and the situations to monitor. So um, we're going to get kind of straight to the point this week. Let's get right into winners and losers. Mike, who is your winner for the week 17 championship round? Yeah, there was, uh, there was a few big winners today. Um, my biggest winner I had to leave for you, and I won't say any more, but it would be inappropriate for me to have stolen your winner. Um, I went with Rashad Penny. So he has come on really strong late in this year. Uh, I think he's finally maybe breaking free of the status of complete joke pick because um, he was a former first rounder and Seattle got a lot of grief because he hasn't done anything in the his entire career basically to this point. Um, but 25 carries, 170 yards, pair of touchdowns, a few targets through the passing game. This was a monster day. And from what I've seen of him, he looks like a good running back. Um, I think he's suddenly catapulted himself into having a lot of value. And if you happen to have him, like this was a great year because suddenly he's he's a big asset. And you know, if you're in Dynasty, like you could either hold on to him. And I think he's going to be getting a real role somewhere as long as he stays healthy. Or you could trade him and, you know, try to get away before he gets hurt again, which will happen probably pretty soon. Um, but, yeah, huge day for Penny. So he's he's my runaway winner. Yeah, Penny, uh, 32.5 PPR points. That was the fourth highest score of the day, including quarterback. So a monster performance from Penny. 
And kind of like you mentioned, I think the 25 carries is as huge as anything for Penny, just him showing that he can hold up to that workload. So, yeah, I, I believe the uh, Seahawks, right, they declined his fifth-year option, I think, so he will be a free agent. be interesting to see what team he lands up lands on and, you know, what, what his status is next year, but certainly making a name for himself down the stretch here. So um, do you think overall in Dynasty, though, you're kind of fading him? Like, is this too 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 little too late for Penny, or are you kind of happy to ride the hot hand and see what happens in the offseason here? That's a really good question. I think I'm holding on until he signs somewhere because I have to imagine he's going to pick a good situation. I don't think he's stupid. Um, and let's say he lands on like Tampa Bay, like his stock would be out of control. Like he would suddenly be worth multiple firsts, whereas going into this year, he was maybe worth like a third. So uh, yeah, I'm going to wait until he signs and I'm going to hope he signs somewhere good. Just hope he doesn't get hurt next week. That would just be crushing if you have him and watch him get hurt in the last week of the season. But I, I wait till he signs, and then if you want to move him, move him then. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe the Seahawks try to bring him back. I don't know. He's familiar with the offense. So, all right. Rashad Penny is Mike's winner for the week. My winner, uh, it has to be Jamar Chase. It occurred to me that uh, T. Higgins was my winner last week, and Jamar Chase is my winner this week. So maybe that means that Joe Burrow should be the winner here. But um, I'll talk about Burrow's performance more when we break down this game. I uh, bet it's got to go to Jamar Chase as the winner. Uh, he puts up 55.6 PPR points, uh, just an insane number, the high score of the week in PPR leagues. I'm sure in just any league there is. 11 catches, 12 targets, 266 yards, and three touchdowns. And this was a performance that uh, – he earned every point. I, I've seen a lot of good receivers over the years for the Bengals. Uh, you know, Chad Johnson, AJ Green. I, I've seen some good ones. And this is, I think, the most impressive performance I've ever seen. I mean, Chase was just catching uh, high-pointing jump balls down the sideline all game. Um, he After the catch, he's one of the most impressive receivers I've ever seen that's not like one of those little, uh, you know, shifty Tyreek Hill-type receivers. He's just a big, fast, strong guy really good with the ball in his hands. And Chase just dominated this week. Uh, the Bengals converted a third and 27 where he caught a ball, just single covered down the sideline. Uh, so the winner has to be Jamar Chase. Uh, long-term, I, I believe his dynasty stock is better than T. Higgins just because he's better after the catch. T. Higgins, though, is, is pretty close. And as long as Joe Burrow's uh, under center, he's going to find the one who's open. So the Chiefs decided to put more coverage on Higgins and left Chase one-on-one -on -one a lot, and we saw what happened. Chase went nuclear. So uh, I was very happy to pick Jamar Chase for the winner here. And, yeah, I don't even know what to say. He, uh, he, he Anyone who did not like the pick uh, from the Bengals taking Chase over Sewell, it, you can't really say anything at this point. It was the right pick, and uh, happy to see this team in the playoffs this year. I think, to be fair, though, there we, we do need to say that if you took away Chase's longest reception of the day, he only had 194 yards and two touchdowns. Right. So like it was a really fragile good day without that one reception. It's only 190 and two like that. It's just, you know. Yeah. Um, on a more yeah, serious note, you, you definitely undersell Chase. His dynasty value is miles ahead of Higgins. It's not yeah. even close. Like I would imagine Higgins, I might not get a first for Chase. I think I could get just about anything I wanted for him. Like, I don't think there's many players I could offer Chase for and not get back in return. Yeah, it's pretty outrageous. They said during the broadcast, I believe it was just in the NFL with Burrow and Chase, but that I think their average touchdown together is like 33 yards or something. Like, they're just bombing it out to Chase, or he's breaking long plays. Uh, just a super impressive performance. So we'll get to Joe Burrow later. And I, I do think T. Higgins is still an awesome dynasty asset too. Uh, but, um, yeah, Jamar Chase uh, just – 
completely balled out today. So uh, love to see it if you're a Bengals fan. Um, let's get to our losers this week. Mike, who is your loser? Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, – I really could go with the whole Cowboys offense, but I went with their rushing attack. Um, Zeke was 9 for 16. Pollard was 3 for 9. It was just atrocious numbers. Like, I think of this team as having two good running backs. And so when they're averaging sub three a carry, that's just, yeah, that's not, not a great sign. Um, to be fair, they had a couple runs called back. There was a big Zeke run. I think it was like a 20, 20, 20 to 30 yarder that came back. Um, so it could have been a little better, but this was a big game. This was like looking forward to the playoffs. And this is a, would have been a big win. If you could take it, give you a chance to still take the NFC and the Cowboys just kind of come up with a dud and we'll talk more about the game, but yeah, the, the whole running attack here kind of let them down. Yeah. And not a lot in the passing game for Zeke either. At least Pollard picked up 49 yards receiving, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into this Cowboys offense later. Um, it was funny. I think at one point, uh, Troy Aikman said, we, we know that Zeke can break a long run at any point with his game breaking speed. And I was like, I, Troy, I think that was a couple years ago for Zeke, but um, yeah, let's get to this offense a little bit later. Uh, my loser for the week is Ronald Jones on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I try not to pick losers that got hurt, and Jones did get hurt in the third quarter. Um, so I would normally skip Jones, but even before he was hurt um, against the New York Jets, 10 carries for 26 yards. Like we all thought he was going to make his day before the third quarter. Like it was just going to be such a blowout. He was the RB six last I saw on expert consensus rankings. Uh, we joked on the sit start podcast uh, I did with Ryan Heath. It's kind of like, it, has, has he been setting us up for years, Ronald Jones here, for us to all start him in the fantasy championships and give us a dud? And uh, sure enough, uh, Ronald Jones gives us a dud in the, the fantasy championships. So I just can't even imagine trusting starting Ronald Jones ever at this point. Like, I, I don't know what better situation you can get other than Leonard Fournette's missing and you're playing the Jets. So huge dud from Ronald Jones. I'm sorry everyone who started him. I don't know how you could have really not started him against the Jets, but it kind of went the way we hoped it would. So, um, I, yeah, is, is Ronald Jones dead to you too, Mike? Yeah, Ronald Jones is, uh, is, is almost as fantasy dead as Antonio Brown. Yeah. Um, sorry, I had, to, I had to say something about Antonio Brown. My biggest takeaway, to be honest, wasn't him quitting. Like, we all kind of know Antonio Brown is volatile and anything can happen. Yeah. I was really impressed with that dude's abs. Like, <laughs> I – that is insanely ripped. That looks photoshopped. As I watched him leave, I was like, dude, you're going to be okay because you are the most in shape person I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Mike and I talked before the show. We don't want to be the people dunking on Antonio Brown all day because he obviously has some mental stuff going on and we hope he's all right. But uh, that was a wild scene to see Antonio, jo Antonio Brown storm off the field against the Jets, jersey off, shirt off. Uh, yeah, he does look like um, an Instagram model or something. So, uh, yeah, he'll be fine if he chooses something outside of football. But I think maybe Antonio Brown's football playing days are done uh, until another team gets desperate enough, I guess. So, um, yeah, crazy scene in Tampa Bay, and they still somehow beat the Jets. So uh, I, I guess it doesn't matter, right, Mike? <laughs> yeah, it, you, the story usually ends with this game was insanity, but they still beat the Jets. Like, that's just how it happens. Yeah, and uh, – 
maybe I'm the biggest loser this week. My picks for beating the spread, uh, they're bad. Uh, of course, I had Tampa Bay minus 13. So um, I'm going to move on from this week real quick because it was a tough week to pick games. So uh, I almost picked the Bengals over the Chiefs, and I was like, I can't be the homer here. This will come back to bite me. So, uh, yeah, just one of those weeks picking games. So, all right, let's get into uh, the games that Mike and I watched. Um, we got three games this week. Um, as always, though, like I said up top, please check out our What We Saw article. Um, we'll also be on Reddit answering questions. So um, check those out for more information. I'll be uh, writing up the um, actually the Seahawks game later today. I'm going to catch the condensed wrap up. So um, I'll have a big deep dive into the Seahawks and Rashad Penny a little bit more. So let's start off with a game that both Mike and I watched. Um, this was the uh, Arizona Cardinals against the Dallas Cowboys. Cardinals won 25 to 22 in Dallas. Um, it I don't it wasn't a very impressive performance from either offense, I would say. Uh, let's start on the Cardinals side. Uh, what did you see here, Mike, in this game? Yeah, the first thing we can say is Chase Edmonds managed to be the workhorse here. I think there was a little bit of worry with Connor out of like, is Edmonds going to pull up all the work or is it going to just be a big split? He he basically took everything. Um, it didn't materialize in a huge way. They didn't find the end zone on the ground. Um, you know, Connor's hallmark. But we know that Edmonds isn't the the red zone runner that Connor is. Like surprising to say, I wouldn't have thought this beginning of the year, but Connor is an excellent red zone runner. Uh, he really just finishes off those drives. Um, for the wide receivers, Kirk and Green both were close, huge days. Um, AJ Green tried to one hand a catch at one point in the game, and the announcers kind of gave him a hard time for it, and it kind of looked weird, like he was trying to pull off a glory play, and he just kind of messed it up. Um, Kyler Murray missed Christian Kirk on a potential home run late in the game. Kirk had beaten his man, had a couple steps behind him, and Murray just overthrew him. Um, and then the other big takeaway here is thanks uh, thanks to Antoine Wesley for stealing two touchdowns. <laughs> a lot of us fantasy players could have really used that for Christian Kirk. <laughs> and instead we get a, you know, get throwaway touchdowns for Antoine Wesley. So, um, yeah, that's what I saw with the Cardinals here. Yeah, Wesley plays. He basically plays the uh, DeAndre Hopkins role. Uh, they don't throw him the ball as much, obviously, but he's kind of on that part of the field. And I uh, came down with a couple touchdowns. He plays a ton of snaps. He's out there. We kind of always knew this was uh, a danger here, was that Wesley grabbed a couple touchdowns. So it uh, just happens to uh, turn out in fantasy championships, four catches, 30 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, Chase Edmonds, hey, at least got you five catches for 29 yards. That helps a bunch in PPR leagues. Uh, it's been encouraging to see him getting the passing game work here. Uh, Kyler Murray, like kind of typical Kyler Murray, ran when he needed to, nine for 44, uh, didn't turn the ball over, looked pretty good. Um, I do think that this offense is struggling, though, without Hopkins. Um, Kirk, you know, he'll he'll make some big plays for you. Uh, they don't use him over the middle like I kind of wish they would sometimes as like a slot receiver. Uh, but that's kind of – that's been a couple years now, it seems like, where they use Kirk that way. So he seems to get a lot of downfield shots. Um, overall, like, yeah, it's kind of a volume passing game. A.J. Green has his moments. Um, I, I thought it was kind of – harsh criticism on that one-handed attempt like it was one of those plays where you slowed it down and it looked bad uh, and then you show it full speed and it's like well he was running full sprint trying to reach out with a defender right on his hip so I don't know it definitely was a play that AJ Green could have caught for a touchdown but uh, it was a tough play so I don't know were you very impressed overall with this Cardinals de- or offense I-, I know the Cowboys defense has been really good lately so probably just going into Dallas and doing this is impressive on its own yeah, get, doing this against a good team in Dallas is good. Um, the Cardinals also felt like they really controlled this game. Like it ended obviously really close, twenty five twenty two. But I would, I would, having not looked at the time of possession, I would guess the Cardinals had to have dominated early. 
Like if you looked at the first 45, 50 minutes, it seemed like they really controlled the game. And even though it stayed close, they always had the lead. Um, Dallas put up 15 in the fourth quarter. So going into the fourth, it was 22 to seven. Um, yeah. And I think, as I said, I think Kyler, if Kyler Murray was a little more accurate on a couple of throws, we'd probably be looking at 300 yards and three touchdowns. And we might be saying, all right, that looks a little better. Like, it just felt like the timing was a little off. Everything was maybe a little rusty. Mm-hmm. And if they can get those kind of things back on track, they'll they'll be a fun team in the playoffs. Yeah, and you were right. I mean, they, they won the time of possession like 35 to 25, basically. And that's with Dallas scoring 15 in the fourth quarter to make it close. So, um, yeah, I mean, Kyler looks healthy. He had one of those, you know, he's scrambling left through back against the grain behind his body. I think it was to chase Edmonds uh, for a nice completion. So he looks as dangerous as always. I, I still don't think this offense is as good as it could be, um, but it was definitely a step in the right direction today. So um, let's get to the Cowboys side of things. Um, I, yeah, I think the big story here was how bad the run game looked. Um, but what'd you see in this Cowboys offense? Yeah, as I said at the start, um, I, I think they had some chances they had they had a couple runs that were called back. I think things looked better than the final stats show. It's like nine of sixteen, three of nine. That that definitely looks worse than what I saw in this game. Um, that being said, the Cowboys just couldn't get going early on. The offense was slow. They didn't score in the first quarter. They put up seven in the second. They didn't score in the third. So like seven points in three quarters is not what you want if you're a Cowboys fan. You're thinking you have a high powered offense and you should be looking at twenty or thirty points at that point. Um. Dak definitely struggled a bit. Three fumbles on the day, which is not great. He recovered two of them, but still you got to be taking care of better care of the ball than that. Um, otherwise that's going to sink you in the playoffs when you're playing a green Bay or a Tampa Bay or Arizona, who's going to be, you know, waiting for you. Um, receivers looked fine. It was just kind of, everything was really spread around and they kind of were taking what they gave them, which was Dalton Schultz today. Um, and yeah, I think that's about what I saw from the Cowboys. Yeah, so my thoughts, so early on, the, the Cardinals were, they had everyone up at the line. They were either blitzing or, or faking out of the blitz. Lots of like tip balls at the line of scrimmage. Um, but my takeaway was kind of like, uh, sometimes we get on the Cardinals for just kind of like uh, telling Kyler to go make a play and, you know, just kind of getting the getting the receivers out there and letting them go deep and just, hey, Kyler, make a play. And watching the Cowboys, like sometimes I kind of wish they would do that more. Like it just seemed like they kind of let the Cardinals um, dictate how they were going to play offense a little bit. Like, you know, you see 10 targets to Dalton Schultz and you see six to Cedric Wilson. And there's some times where I just want the Cowboys to just line up three wide and just just throw it to CD Lamb downfield. You know what I mean? It, it seems like uh, early on, especially, it was a lot of like screens, a lot of short passes, stuff getting tipped at the line. And sometimes I just think Dallas is just, they're so talented. They just need to roll the ball out there and just kind of dominate other teams. So I, I know Arizona is a good defense and they can confuse people with their blitzing, but I, I would just like to see, like, especially um, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, like just let them run routes, get open and get the ball downfield. Um, I did notice a few where the Cardinals brought a big blitz and there was just like nobody to, uh, nobody short to get the ball to. So um, Dak had to kind of eat a sack or, you know, throw it away. So I think it feels like a mixture of things here, but if I were the Cowboys, I would try to like attack the way they want to, and not just let defenses, uh, set the tone for them. That's how I felt like the first half went for Dallas. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, to that point, Mark, our resident Cowboys fan has said that one of the strengths of the Cowboys is they play, they play with what they're given. 
Yeah. And they're very adaptable to, okay, you're going to give us the tight end. We're going to throw to the tight end. But I think you're right. At some point you have to say, all right, CD lamb is a stud. And at some point we just throw the CD lamb and it doesn't matter what they show us. We know he can catch it and we know he can run and we know he's going to do big things if we give it to him. So I, I think you're right. Being adaptable is great, but at the same time you have to realize who your studs are and just say, all right, so-and-so's our trump card and our trump card is better than whatever the defense is going to do so even if they cover him we're still going to go after him yeah and we kind of saw that that was one of antoine wesley's touchdowns was just kyler being like hey it's single coverage i'm gonna throw it down the sideline into the end zone um we'll get to the bengals game that was their whole offense was hey chase is single covered let's get it downfield and i think sometimes uh they could do a little bit more of that like even last week when they blew out the um washington football team like CD Lamb, all of his catches were like super tough, like just really difficult catches. And he was coming down with every single one. And it just feels like he could just keep feeding him the ball and he'd get it. So I don't know. It's, it's, I think they'll be fine for the playoffs. And um, they're still 11 and five. And I, I think probably the Cardinals kind of needed this game more than they did. But I, I think they could iron this offense out. Um, it is a big loss, though, that they lose Michael Gallup. It looks like he has an ACL injury. Um, they were already down Blake Jarwin, which kind of hurt their two tight end sets. So they were running a lot of three wide. And now with Gallup out, we'll see. I'm sure it'll be a lot of Cedric Wilson. But I do think that's a loss. Gallup had a nice uh, jump ball touchdown when he got hurt down the sideline. So it was kind of they finally did what I was hoping they would do, and uh, Gallup got hurt on it. So that was a bummer. All right. So I think that pretty much wraps that one up. Um, yeah, I think better things are ahead for CD Lamb overall, though. They'll get they'll get this ironed out eventually. Um, let's get to the Chiefs and Bengals game, which I obviously watched from start to finish. And like I said, I'm still recovering from this one. Uh, Chiefs lose in Cincinnati, 31 to 34. Uh, it was a little weird for me watching a Chiefs game rooting against them. I uh, haven't seen the Bengals play them for a while, and I always kind of like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, so I'm always rooting for them. And uh, it was interesting being on the other side for once. Um, I'll start with the. Chiefs offense here. Nothing on this loss I that I can remember uh, should be put on Patrick Mahomes. He was awesome in this game. Uh, Chiefs had a lead early. I believe they were up. I, did they put up 21 or 20? No, they put up 28 in the first half. The Chiefs did. Um, they were up 28 to 17. Uh, Mahomes was awesome in the pocket. Um, just anytime there was pressure, he'd step up or roll out and find somebody. He ends up with 259, two touchdowns. It doesn't look great, but it's because the Chiefs were able, able to run the ball pretty much the whole game. Uh, Darrell Williams, 14 for 88, two touchdowns. Derek Gore, three for 37. Uh, they were able to run the ball. They stuck with it pretty well. Uh, Bengals couldn't stop it with some linebacker injuries. And, uh, you know, if you had Tyreek Hill on your team or uh, Travis Kelsey, you were probably a little bit disappointed. It's just because Mahomes was just literally just taking what was given, given to him, just hitting the open receivers. Big play to Michael Hardman. Big play to um, Demarcus Robinson for a touchdown. Even Blake Bell had a 24-yard catch, like, not much here you can put on Mahomes. Um, this was a good offensive performance for the Chiefs. And I, I think the Bengals offense just took caught fire so much in the second half. It just kept the Chiefs off the field. And, you know, a couple field like they took a field goal where they probably really needed a touchdown in retrospect. But uh, this looks like the old Chiefs offense. So I, I think part of this was kind of uh, Bengals really needed this win and, and maybe Chiefs intensity wasn't quite there. So uh, you got any questions for me on this, uh, the Chiefs offense? Um, yeah, I think you're, I think you're right that Hill, if you had Hill and Kelsey, this kind of felt like a championship killer. Yeah. Like Kelsey got the touchdown and in PPR, you're probably okay with that. Yeah. But man, that was like, your two studs on that team really let you down today. They both finished sub 45 yards <laughs> receiving. Um, 
And then just to, you know, more Bengals hype for you because you can't get enough of it. <laughs> I'm noticing Jamar Chase had more receiving yards than the Chiefs had passing yards, which is incredibly difficult to do. Like that is maybe the most impressive stat of the year. He out passing gamed the entire Chiefs. It's uh it's it's pretty wild stuff. Uh yeah, I don't even know what to say to that. I saw that a reporter brought it up to him after the game and he couldn't believe it either. So even Chase didn't uh, see that one coming. But yeah, I don't know. It was just a weird weird second half for the Chiefs offense. I, I wouldn't be too worried. I mean, it's it's the Chiefs. Mahomes looks as good as ever. Daryl Williams looked really good. They actually just were running the ball at will here. I, I think they did a pretty good job sticking with it. Um, but uh, like the Bengals overall are pretty good at covering a receiver, like a number one receiver like Tyree Kill, it seems like. Uh, Devontae Adams torched him earlier in the year, but like they're generally good against the team's number one and the tight ends and running backs give them trouble. Uh, Blake Bell had three for 35, so you could add that on to Kelsey, and that's more like eight for uh, 70 there, whatever it is, 60. So that's kind of where the Bengals got beat. Uh, but then, then they just were so on fire in the second half. I think the Chiefs just got a little out of rhythm. So uh, if you have a Week 18 matchup, uh, Daryl Williams, though, looks awfully good. He was heavily involved and uh, took took what the defense gave him and uh, ran pretty strong between the tackles. So impressive performance from the Chiefs offense overall. So as far as the Bengals go, um, <laughs> Joe Burrow is absolutely on fire. 30 for 39, 446 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. This offense is – I've never seen an offense like this, though. Um, he was sacked four times, took some shots, like – it's insane how even in their good games or their bad games, it feels like the offense is always right between like a 79 yard touchdown or like a sack for 15 yards. Like there's just, it's such a fine line on these big play touchdowns. And then these sacks, cause the offensive line is an issue still um, burrow. It does a heck of a job dealing with it. He takes a beating. He's a tough player. He hurt his other knee, not the one he hurt last year. And this one um, came off for the final snaps at the end when they were kneeling it. But he was he looked fine in the locker room, so I think Burrow's fine. But it's just it's a wild offense. Um, downfield shots all the time, lots of sacks. Uh, but they were picking up third and twenty sevens. Um, Burrow is just in a zone right now. So I talked a lot about Chase up top. Uh, really, the other receivers played well. It was just Jamar Chase was just killing the Chiefs so bad that why would you throw to T Higgins? Uh, but he still had three for sixty two. Looked good. Um, it was nice to see Mixon get seven catches. You know, Tyler Boyd had a touchdown. Uh, so it's kind of your typical Bengals here. It was just that Chase went so nuclear that you just had to feed the hot hand here. So uh, before I get to the rest of this team, any questions with the passing game here? No, I think, uh, again, when your star is just running wild, you just let the star run wild. Um, I hope for the Bengals and Burrow's sake, because I've always liked the Bengals ever since the old Carson Palmer, Chad Ochocinco days. Um, I hope for their sake they protect Burrow because – if he's taking four sacks a game, he's as somebody said earlier in our chat, he's not going to last very long. Yep. And <clears throat> it's going to be a shame if he goes down because, again, this is an electric offense, and that's what we all, I think, I think most of us want in the league is more and more electric offenses, more teams like the Chiefs that can just rip it up, mm-hmm. um, and a great combo like this. And if we, if, we, if we are in a place where we don't have Burrow for half of the year next year, like, that's going to suck. I'll just say that's going to be lousy. And I want as much of this healthy Bengals offense as I can to watch in primetime games. Yeah, and that's been it's been a little wild for Bengals fans this year because as they've won more and more games, you know, you want them to go all out. They got a playoff run. You never know how many shots you get when your team's healthy. So you understand why they want them to drop back there 45 times a game, but then you also see this beating and you're like, man, this team looks so good right now. Let's just let's just 
call call it on this season and let's get the next year healthy, you know, but now they're so good that you're not going to do that. I mean, they just knocked off one of the best teams in the league, but it's been, it's been interesting as a Bengals fan because, you know, they have, they have all the pieces you would want on offense. They're all young. They just need to improve the offensive line and uh, that they can't do that till next year. They lost another lineman to injury today. It's really like Jonah Williams, a left tackle and everyone else is struggling a little bit, but uh, you know, Hey, they're winning games and it's not going to end. So hopefully they can kind of take it off next week against the Browns and uh, just take whatever seed they get. They'll have a home game as a division team. Uh, I, I think it's a game to rest up and uh, just kind of let Burrow get healthy personally. So I hope that is the route they take. Um, but otherwise in the running game, like Mixon looked fine. Uh, the, off- the offense was just going through Jamar Chase. So um, Mixon just 46 yards of rushing on 12 carries. I uh, got stuffed on a couple touchdown opportunities, but he had seven catches. So that kind of bails you out. And I think you see in these must win games where they lean on him a little more in the passing game, as opposed to like Samaj P Ryan. Uh, so I, I think they're trying to keep him fresh earlier in the year. That's why we saw a little more Samaj P Ryan at times. So Burrow still looks good. I think he probably did okay for you. If you started, I'm just, you missed out on a touchdown. That was the big thing here. So um, any questions on this Bengals offense before we move on to your game? No, I think that covers it pretty well. Um, we know what these commodities are. We know how they're capable of popping off. And as you said, a little bit of a down game for Mixon running, but not even that bad. He still averaged over three and a half a carry, which if that's your down day. Like that's, yeah. I'm perfectly fine with that. And he made for it in passing game work. So, yeah. Yep. So otherwise this offense is pretty locked in. We just need, I don't even think they need a top end like tackle next year. Uh, they just need to get like four veteran linemen who they can count on. Cause it, it's, it's a little rough right now. Um, and I know there are some Chiefs fans upset with some calls down the stretch. I will say this game was pretty poorly officiated. Uh, there were some poor calls both ways. Bengals got a couple down the down the stretch of this game for sure. Um, but as a Bengals fan who has rarely ever seen the Bengals get a call in a, uh, an important game, I'm uh, I'm not going to apologize for this one. So <laughs> uh, Bengals moved to 10 and 6. Chiefs are 11 and 5. And uh, they're both going to be there in the playoffs. So let's get to the Bears game. Um, Mike's weekly recap, probably a little less exciting this week without Justin Fields out there. But um, let's get to uh, Giants three, Bears 29. Mike, what you see from your Chicago Bears to start out here? Oh, man. Well, as exciting as your game was, <laughs> my game was the opposite. Um, I mean, it was pretty good if you were a Bears fan because you got to see them just beat up on a completely hapless Giants team. But in terms of like implications, yeah, there aren't any. In terms of longstanding, what this means, nothing. It's it's just a throwaway. Um, <clears throat> the Bears had an excellent field position early. Um, Mike Glennon was. <laughs> this is one of the worst QB performances I've ever seen. Um, he fumbled away the first possession for the Giants. Then he threw a pick on the end of the second possession for the Giants. Then it was punt, punt, field goal. They got safety right before halftime. They were just desperately trying not to get safety to run the clock out, and they couldn't prevent it. They lost five yards on that drive. After halftime, it was punt, fumble, lost, punt, downs, interception, end of game. Um, it really couldn't have gone much worse. Like, this was pretty abysmal. The one saving grace for the Giants is that they only knew how to run the ball, and they actually did it pretty well. Um, Saquon Barkley, 21 carries, 102 yards. I'm not going to say he was vintage Saquon, but he looked, he looked solid. He looked decent. He looked like if this team had a second weapon of any kind, then maybe he could have, you know, done even better. Um, it was just hilariously obvious that the giants were terrified to throw. 
they were sitting on, I think, four passing attempts for like 30 minutes. And you could tell like everybody in the building, everybody in the world knew that they were they wouldn't throw if their life depended on it. Um, so the Bears go to an easy win. Giants hilariously bad passing attack. The Glennon stats, because I don't think I've shared them. Four of 11, 24 yards, two interceptions, four sacks. The team finished with negative 10 net passing yards, which is hard to do. Um, and then he had four fumbles and he lost, I think, two of them. So basically every time he dropped back, he threw a pick or he, he was hit and he lost the ball. Um, yeah, it was it was hilariously bad. Um, as for the Bears, they played a pretty muted offense because they were up 14-0 within a couple minutes. They didn't really have to do much. They didn't really have to go too crazy here. Um, Andy Dalton completed about half of his passes. They let him throw 35 times, which is hard to explain, but it's what's what happened. Um, maybe they just felt bad because they told him he'd be the starter and then he got hurt. Uh, the running game was okay. They weren't running very well. The Giants did a good job of slowing down David Montgomery. Um, and again, looking at the Bears for next year, you're going to say that it's Mooney, Komet, Montgomery. They could be a really good rushing offense if they get a good coach. Um, but that's that's about it. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. This is the first time I've looked at this box score, um, and it's wild. So the, the Giants in a 29-3 loss ran 40 times for 161 yards. That's four yards a carry. Uh, Mike Glennon, it's not like he just joined the team. He's been on the team all year. He's had some starts. Like, was this – why Why didn't they throw – I mean, was it just – literally so bad that they just could not throw the ball was it the blocking like it, this seems like the type of line you would see if they had to get someone off the street because of a COVID situation you know like this is this is their backup quarterback Mike Glennon yeah this struck me this struck me as the pass blocking and the team knowing they were overmatched on pass blocking because the first two times Glennon dropped back to the Giants credit the very first play of the game was a pass play <laughs> and he got sacked and fumbled the very next time he dropped back he threw a pick um it just it just didn't go well early and it looks like they just kind of gave up on it the third time glennon dropped back he got sacked again um yeah it was it was it's pretty much as bad as you could imagine and so i don't really blame the giants for just running but once they just committed to only running it was really obvious what they were going to do and it just wasn't that hard to slow it down enough I mean, obviously, if you only complete four passes, there's going to be some bad performances. <laughs> but um, the only players who caught a pass, Devontae Booker caught two for zero yards. David, <laughs> David Sills, the fifth, one for 12. And Evan Ingram, one for 12. That's it. Uh, Devontae Booker was the only one with more than two targets. Uh, it's it, it's a wild box score. I, I would encourage everyone to check this out. Uh, so on the Bears side, I feel a little bad. I told some people not to play Mooney before the game because – I kind of thought it would go like this for the most part, be an ugly game. Uh, Mooney though, seven for 61 and a touchdown on 13 targets. That's a super encouraging performance from Mooney. So I think, I guess he's probably not like a a true number one going into next year. Maybe they get someone to be a true one, hopefully for fields, but I mean, he's pretty close to it, right? Like he's, he looks the part for playing in this limited of an offense. Yeah. He's definitely going to be an important weapon on the team. I think I'm actually selling on him depending on the hype this off season um, with him being a little undersized and not being like a true Tyree kill kind of speedster. 
I think his ceiling is a bit limited and this is probably close to the ceiling. Like I think next year could be better, but I don't think he's going to blow up and be the team's number one. I say, I think they still need someone above him. Um, so I, I think he might be a sell candidate if I could find somebody who is really hyped up on what they're seeing. Um, I hadn't mentioned this yet, but Allen Robinson looks pretty good. He only had six targets, four catches, but he looked like the Allen Robinson of last year. Um, last year, I guess, meaning last season, not last year as in a couple days ago. Right. Um, but he, he looked pretty good, and I think he's going to matter when he goes to a new team next year. I would say almost certainly he won't be back in Chicago. But he's somebody I'm going to be watching, and I think I'm going to be trying to buy on the cheap because I think I think he's got more left in him, and we just didn't see it this year because he was frustrated playing on a bad team, not getting the big contract he wanted. Yeah, and he admitted, we talked about on the Sit Start uh, podcast, he admitted that COVID really got to him, and he, I think he said he lost 10 pounds, um, and he's still kind of recovering from it. So that wiped out the middle of the season. He missed a lot of work with Justin Fields, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's 28 now. I think you could probably get him pretty cheap in Dynasty. People are going to look at that age, look at his production. So, yeah, I wouldn't give up a ton for him, but I, I do think he's interesting to see where he lands because, I mean, at worst case, he's going to be a good contested catch receiver. and Hopefully he can get a little bit more separation back maybe than we saw this year. All right, and then, yeah, Mooney, I, I'm kind of on the fence with Mooney. I, I hate to bring it back on someone who's performed so well um, to their draft capital, but, you know, he was a fifth-round pick out of Tulane. 511 173 is what they list him as like he does seem a bit more like a complimentary 1b type or two so yeah I, I don't i don't hate your your sell high on mooney either um I, I could totally see a true target hog coming in and he's like the field stretcher so you've definitely got something if you got him in dynasty but yeah I, i'm with you i wouldn't hate uh selling high on mooney yeah i, I would expect i i haven't looked enough at the market yet but i would expect it would be a very smart move for the bears to go after a number one, which is ironic because they're about to let a number one just walk. Um, yeah. But they, they could use somebody who's big and fast to put on this team opposite Mooney, who can be the number one and take the number one coverage and let Mooney kind of work underneath. Yeah. And I mean, with where they're at at their franchise, like, you know, as good as these rookie receivers have been recently, uh, it makes a lot of sense to get a young one for fields and uh, have them on a cheap contract and just kind of, let them grow together. So makes total sense to me. Um, yeah. Anything else on this game before we get out of here? No, I think that covers it. I, I didn't mention Cole Komet. Um, he's another one I'm going to be interested to see in the off season. He's put enough good tape down. And I think he set a bears rookie record for catches or yards for something for a tight end. Um, but he, he's somebody I'll be interested in watching to see, uh, to see how he develops into the next year. If he starts to make the leap or if he's just kind of a, eh, he's okay, but never going to be a, a big name. Cause I think some people are still holding out hope. He becomes like a Travis Kelsey or like a Darren Waller because of his size and his, his speed. But I'm, I'm kind of doubtful. He's going to hit that high peak and it'll, it'll be interesting to see what he does become. All right. Yeah, so otherwise, um, you know, there's still some crazy games this week. We saw the Raiders upset the Colts, who looked as good as anyone. I uh, saw the Titans blow out the Dolphins when the Dolphins were on a roll. So we kind of had our, our typical uh, NFL craziness here. So make sure you check out the article to, to catch out on everything you missed. Uh, I'm curious how the Rams only put up 20 on the Ravens after I saw the Bengals passing offense against that Ravens secondary. So I'm definitely going to be checking out the article. Uh, like I said, after that Bengals game, I just kind of had to like, 
uh, celebrate by myself for a little while. I couldn't even watch another game. So it was, it was a roller coaster. So uh, if y'all were uh, kind of, you know, still sleeping off New Year's Eve or whatever, make sure you check out uh, the What We Saw article. Uh, Mike and I will be back next week. Uh, we'll probably do some kind of uh, MVP stuff and defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, all that kind of stuff. So we'll have a kind of lighthearted what we saw after next week, week 18. Uh, if some of y'all uh, do play in week 18, though, we're going to be here all week with podcasts and articles to help you out. So, um, yeah, I don't know, Mike. I just I, I appreciate everyone uh, listening to us all year. It's been a lot, of, a lot of fun doing this podcast. If they're if they're tuning out after this week, and I don't blame them. Uh, yeah, I think we both appreciate everyone listening all year long. Oh yeah, it's been it's been a fun year. It's always great to get to talk the games after the week's over. But I will say, if you're if you have meaningful football for fantasy in week 18, then shame on you. They they literally lengthened the season to avoid the last week playing. So if you extended one more week just to really take it on, like tisk tisk, I you're in a bad league. You need to find a new league. You're a bad person for being in that league. Yeah. <laughs> This is, this is where you put your feet up and play DFS the final week if you still have that itch. So, yeah, it's oh, yeah. it's going to be a mess to sort out. I think they put all the games at the same time now pretty much. So, it's yeah, there's there's no telling who's going to be playing anyone. There's only one bye week to play for, so that, that makes it weird. It, it's going to be a, a bizarre week 18, but we will be here for you. So, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.